Hello there, I'm Kyo Saronin Beatmaker, and on this episode of The Monday Mindset, we're going to be discussing the way of Christianity and Judaism. Four classes of men will never see God's face. The scuffer, the liar, the slanderer, and the hypocrite. A1, the Talmud. Judaism, though comprising the belief system of but a half of 1% of the world's population, is one of the world's most important religious philosophies and basic to both Islam and Christianity. Judaism had its tribal and ritualistic origins among a nomadic, pastoral, Semitic people called Hebrews. In the hands of several fiery prophets, it grew as a prophet religion with a strong human ethnic ethic. The teachings were formed into a single canon with three divisions, the Torah, the Law, the Navium, Prophets, and the Ketubian, the Writings. The Christians later called this canon the Old Testament. Also sacred among the Jews was a secondary group of writings known as the Apocryphi and the Talmud. All of these works are moral and ethical in nature and directly related to the human person. Thus, Judaism is important for the purpose of this discussion. It dramatically represents a people's persistent struggle to achieve a more noble life and create a happier world for all. Dr. Leo I see similarities between Judaism and Islam, especially since Islam has three messages as Judaism, has, as Judaism has the three divisions. And I get the sense, just as Islam, the three divisions focus on each aspect of humanness. As in Judaism, the focus is to live a noble life, as in Islam is to live a righteous life. The end goal for both religious philosophies is a happier world of equality, hospitality, kindness and community, and justice and individuality. And something that just occurred to me just now is if you look at the three divisions in Judaism and the three messages of the Quran, the mind, the body, and the soul. These three ingredients are fundamental in the creation of a fully functioning person. These are the three ingredients that Judaism, as well as Islam, guide and teaches individuals how they can master each of these three ingredients in the art of living to formulate and create our self-actualization with the guidance of divine teachings. I see the beauty and the fortitude that Judaism inspires to create in the world. Like I said in the last episode, if studying or learning about these teachings are uncomfortable from a religious perspective, then approach it from a philosophical perspective. You don't have to convert to learn and take value from the teachings that I have been discussing over the past couple of episodes. And I get excited just thinking about learning more about the three divisions and seeing the correlations between Islam and Christianity and Judaism. It's exciting and it should be exciting to you as well as a listener, especially if you gravitate to any of these religious or philosophical practices I have been discussing so far. In essence, in Judaism, the person is created in the image of God. Thus, man is not sinful in nature, but good. 
The world, of course, offers constant temptations, but Jews do not renunciate an active active participation (laughs) in that world. Rather, because of the temptations, their major task is to rise themselves in the workaday world in which they move to the highest level possible so that each of their acts reflect divine unity of all things. Dr. Leo. This is beautiful. As I said in an earlier episode, our lives are a reflection of how we see the world. And mastering the art of living is is mastery over divine unity in all things. Like in Taoism, Buddhism, and Hinduism, nature is fundamental because we are a part of nature. And if we can't find peace, harmony, nobility, and righteousness in our environments, then we disregard nature. We disregard our environment. We disregard ourselves. And just like in Hinduism, those who practice in Judaism do not suppress or unacknowledge temptations. Rather, they see temptations for what they are, chains of resistance. These chains hold you back and prevent you from succeeding in achieving your full personhood. The self-actualized individual who has mastered the art of living And in Judaism, acknowledges that the individual's true test is with achieving the highest possible level of divine unity in all things, in the reflection of the life the individual lives. In Mishnah, Advert 315, it is written, Everything is foreseen by God, and freedom of choice is given to men. With freedom of choice, then all followers of Judaism are responsible for their lives, their actions, and for the society which they create. All of these require a personal choice. Their guides are the holy books, and they can only blame themselves for wrong choices, misdeeds, transgressions, and loss of self. Dr. Leo. There is no difference than the message that Krishna provides. Or Mohammed, when he says, you and only you will be responsible for yourself on Judgment Day. The choices we make determine the life we live. Accountability and personal responsibility. It is clear that within the Jewish faith, God does not make the man noble. Man makes himself noble with the guidance of God. And the guidance is found within the three divisions, the mind, body, and soul. And only the individual can blame themselves for the misdeeds and transgressions that reflect the mind, body, and soul. Or I should say, afflict. (laughs) But as I said in the last episode, in regard to the teachings of Islam, we are so often able to preach but never practice. That's no different than refusing to accept accountability and placing said accountability on others. We are so quick to not acknowledge that the three divisions provide the knowledge that allows an individual to make personal choices for their well-being that is guided by divine word. But that word can only be justified by the individual who not only preaches, but practices them in their full, actual sense. In Judaism, it is clear that they are speaking of the personal universe that I have often spoke about in previous episodes. It's exciting for me to realize many of the tenets or the ways that I try to live my life, I am discovering that it's knowledge found in these various philosophies and religious philosophies. 
and I hope it's exciting for the listeners as well. Perhaps there are tenets in the ways you're trying to live your life. You may be finding some of the very philosophies and religious philosophies I have been discussing over the past few episodes. We should all take great pride, and I hope I am motivating anyone out there to take up their journey and knowledge um, to take, what was I going to say? We should talk to, I just made a mistake. We should all take (laughs) great pride, and I hope I am motivating any of you out there to take what I have shared with you and to continue your own personal journeys and knowledge. You may be surprised at what you uncover about yourself and the world. Jews cannot be apathetic about existence. They are commanded to choose life. They are not made fully aware that life is pain. They are made fully aware that life is pain, despair, and evil. But suffering is not meaningless. Accepting suffering is a person's law in life without question. As in the book of Job, can bring peace, unity, and understanding. But on the other hand, Jews are encouraged to live their lives fully, actively, joyfully, and enthusiastically. Dr. Leo. I really vibe with this because we're all going to experience pain, despair, and suffering throughout our lives. It is how you approach those situations and experiences in the moment. Being encouraged to live life fully is what it means to be a self-actualized individual. I feel that those who practice Judaism accept suffering as a lesson on how to live life fully, actively, and joyfully, because they are enthusiastic for the experiences that life provides. For with the three divisions by their their side, there is no fear to behold, only which you create for yourself. The code for the human behavior in Judaism is clearly stated in all holy books, especially the Torah. It is here where the most honored code of behavior in all the world is found, the Ten Commandments. It seems hardly necessary that they are stated here for they form a behavior code which is universally known. The way of the Jewish life is not only spelled out in the commandments, but in every major division of the holy canon. Jews are told how to behave in such a diverse life in such diverse life situations as burials, visitations of the sick, counseling the young and respecting the aged. They are encouraged to live a gentleness, a gentleness, wisdom, continual learning, family unity, family unity, humility, reverence, modesty, and continual self-examination. They are told the value of self-reliance and warned against becoming addicted to the broken reed of human support or human praise. Recommended that Jews live their lives as they were always standing in the presence of God. And for it is only in this world, not in any other, not in any world to come, that they will have the possibility to choose their own way and justify their God-given life. For the Jew, it is life that must be actualized, and this can only be achieved through actively participating in life. Jews are lovers and lovers of God, of nature, of people, and life. To them, the Torah spells out how to live their loving way in wisdom. Its words are life-giving and love-giving. 
It teaches them to love themselves and all things. It teaches them charity and sets down the laws of giving and sharing and love of the land. This greatly reminds me of the Asian philosophies we discussed in an earlier episode. This ideology of personhood is synchronized with nature. The essential reality is they are one and the same. The Jewish religion understands perfectly that in order for our life to thrive, we must first love life. An individual who participates in Judaism must seek the knowledge of the three divisions within the life they live. To live life and according to the three divisions, it's a life of a fully actualized individual, where personhood is rooted within the love of God, nature, people, and life. Because a follower of Judaism understands that in order to truly understand the three divisions, you must live life to its fullest. That is the only way for individuals to gain the knowledge to live a noble and righteous life. A noble and righteous life that embraces the trials and tribulations with open arms and a willing heart. For they know that this is par for the course. And we cannot deny aspects of ourselves or choose that may and will sin upon ourselves and the world and those that inhabit our personal universe. As quoted in Tuhama Akun 39, I'm butchering, I know. <laughs> there is not a single one among you who is not guilty of sin. It is not the action of sin that the Jewish faith has an issue with. It is the lack of personal accountability and acknowledgement of said sin. If the individual refuses to rectify the sin by seeking forgiveness and understanding while accepting the judgment and growing from the experience, then they are refusing life, nature, people, and God. They are refusing what it means to be self-actualized individuals within the Jewish faith. By denying the three divisions, you are denying the mind, body, and soul. You are denying your ability to be alive. In essence, Judaism sees its followers as having great dignity in the power as well as limitless possibilities. They are responsible creatures of painting with a deep reverence for life and great spirituality. They are asked to live as a continual emancipation of God. They have a deep respect for learning and the learned. They believe in the grandeur of the goodness of their own inner nature. They are comfortable with the mysticism and see life as both a mystery not to be explained and the reality over which they have volatile control and may discover in action. Dr. Leo. Therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man, wherever thou art judges, for wherein thou judgest. Thou condemnest thyself, for when judges doeth the same things. The Epistle of Paul, Romans 2.1-2 Christianity had its humble beginnings among a small group of individuals, mostly peasants, led by a remarkable Jewish prophet named Jesus of Nazareth. Many people believed him to be the long-awaited Messiah. In his brief life on earth, he gave his followers with new joy, hope, faith, and love through a loving, living example of his perfectionist doctrines. After his death, 
His beliefs were gathered together into several scriptures, which have been highly influential in guiding the ethics of daily lives of millions of people around the world. His canon was referred to as the New Testament, and together with the Old Testament became known as the Bible. Since the days of Jesus of Nazareth, the history of Christianity has been one of varying and thoughtful controversy. Though firmly based upon a central dogma, which remains basically unchanged, and gathering its energies from Christian revelation, the source of which is the Bible, differing formal institutions have emerged to be ever-changing history of the human condition. Several different churches have abroad some have several different churches have bored, some of which are divided into denominations, sects, and national national churches. Still with Jesus Christ, the man, as a perfect example, there has been little controversy regarding what the what is the Christian life. Dr. Leo. Christianity states that God is in all of us and each moment of our lives. And in addition, there is always more to be realized in the future. The Gospel of John 17.21 states, Even as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be in us. This resonates well with Islam, as Dr. Leo states, This community accepts only one absolute God and accepts with compassion for humanness of persons who are attempting to be one with him and the nature of the world in which they must make their way. Christianity and Islam understand the value of personhood and how it shapes and reflects our response to our personal universe and those who inhabit it. For God is an extension of our personal universe in the Christian faith. This provides those who practice Christianity the support and motivation to seek out the future and what has been envisioned through faith in God and oneself. For God's plan for the individual is determined by the individual's faith in God. By implication, this suggests an ideal self, a human perfection to which the person can aspire, and an unending process which, if followed, eventually transcends the self, time, and space. Practically, it is based upon perfect faith, love, joy, peace, forgiveness, gentleness, continual growth. This stimulates its followers to become internally and externally integrated. It suggests harmony within the person, nature, and God, an ongoing and continual harmonization of all three. Dr. Leo. This reminds me of the three divisions within Judaism and the connection to the mind, body, and soul. I'm seeing the very same message being presented in Christianity, finding a synchronization of harmony between an individual, nature, and God is the same as having a synchronized harmony of the mind, body, and soul. You can look at it as the body is the person, the soul is nature, and the mind is God. Individuals of Christian faith practice the synchronization of harmony. They are, in, they are acting God's plan through the will of their own. By continuously practicing perfect faith, love, joy, peace, forgiveness, gentleness, and continual growth, the individual is an active participant of God's plan and will 
and will for their living their and will for their living their life as God intended and Jesus Christ preached for each individual of the Christian faith is an extension of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit or dare I say the mind body and soul Christians accept their life no matter what its outward manifestation on faith they are offered choices their life decisions are to be made according to their understanding of God's will. Faith, since it's integrated as one's inner life, granted by God, becomes a major source of energy in decision-making and therefore requires that one be in constant touch with one's inner forces. Human nature and real life become the raw material for Christian character. Since growing persons are responsible for their lives, are imperfect and not without fault. They often make wrong choices. At this time, they become alienated from their true selves and the world and may no longer trust their own judgment. Dr. Leo. The Christian faith understands the consequences when an individual gives into the false self. When you give into the false self, you are losing faith in God. You have lost the source of your power, which is God's will. The circumstances are different for everyone, but the path is all the same. We lose sight of our self-actualization when we become unbalanced in our personhood. We are giving away to resistance, giving fuel to our demon. Losing faith in oneself alienates an individual from the true self, which in turn alienates them from God's will and plan. This is a constant struggle anyone in, Christ in the Christian faith knows all too well. As do those of the Hindu faith, the essential reality is fundamental to one's faith in one's true self. True Christians know who they are. They have a strong sense of identity which defies political power, material wealth, and worldly pleasures. As the Apostle, as the Apostle John describes himself in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, 9, afflicted in every way, but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed. This identity offers Christians, as Tilch suggests, the courage to be. It offers them the basic right to be unique responsible persons that are that are a that are functioning as best as they can in congruence with the world and the self. While the inward essence of Christianity lies in faith, its external expression is love. At the heart of Christian love is self-giving. The fulfillment of selfhood lies in transcending the self. There are no strings attached to Christian love. It is freely offered in the hope that it will be freely received. Also basic to Christian love is the integrity of all persons. It respects their basic dignity and the rights of their own personalities. It implies an ever-increasing need to know oneself and participate in ever-expanding awareness of growth and sensitivity, freedom, and relatedness. The spirit of Christian love has no place for self-content, self-pity, or self-mutilation. For Christians strongly believe in their ability to transcend themselves. From the Christian point of view, then, Christians represent integrated individuals who are at home on earth and with forces greater than themselves. They are eager to participate in the course of history, in unity, 
Harmony and Love, Dr. Leo. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Monday Mindset. To learn more about myself and how you can support The Monday Mindset, head over to my Patreon page at Ronin Art and Music. That's Ronin Art and Music. If you're listening to this on your preferred streaming service, please make sure to subscribe. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure to subscribe, leave a comment and review. Slap that notification bell. On iTunes, please make sure to subscribe, rate the podcast and leave a review as this will help me and the podcast grow. Stay positive, stay focused, stay true and much love.